I'm Janet, the little sister. And I'm Jeff, her big brother. Welcome to Sibling Rivalry, a podcast about our favorite sport, baseball. This week on Sibling Rivalry Baseball, we dissect the wildcard races and the Dodgers City Connect uniforms. Wait, I thought this was a baseball podcast, not biology class. And now a quick look at the SRBB headline uniform. Bill Freehan, an 11-time All-Star catcher and five-time Gold Glove award winner, passed away at the age of 79. He played 15 Major League seasons, all with the Detroit Tigers. Freehan was about as Michigan as a Tiger could get. Born in Detroit and raised in Royal Oak, Freehan was a two-sport student athlete at the University of Michigan before the Tigers signed him for a $125,000 bonus in 1961. Two years later, he was behind the plate in Detroit. He helped the Tigers win the 1968 World Series and was the heart and soul of the team. Brian caught 1,581 games in a Tigers uniform, more than anyone else in franchise history. His five gold gloves rank fifth among catchers in Major League history. Last week, we shared that the search for a new Jeopardy host was over. And it looks like we spoke too soon. Mike Richards has already stepped down as the new host, realizing that all of the controversy surrounding him from his Price's Right scandals and inappropriate offensive comments from his podcast in 2013 and 2014 would overshadow and cause a distraction from the show and cast a bad light upon the Jeopardy institution. Production on the new season had begun, but is now shut down while they reset and bring in guest hosts as a search for a new host restarts. Richards did finish five episodes. Those will air. And then Mayim Balik maintains her duties as a special events host. And she'll fill in on The Daily Show for about three weeks and appears to be back in the running for The Daily Gig. Tim Tebow, former Heisman Trophy winner and minor league outfielder for the New York Mets, is no longer a Jacksonville Jaguar. The experiment to turn a quarterback into a tight end didn't work out so well, and Tebow was cut. It's okay, as he landed back on his feet as the new spokesperson for Clean Juice. For longer than I have been alive, the MLB and Tops have had a deal for Tops to produce player card. MLB is now ending that 70-plus year partnership when the current agreement ends in 2025. Fanatics, who owns the MLB's e-commerce rights as well as other professional leagues like the NFL and NBA, will begin producing player cards when the TOPS agreement concludes. MLB owns equity in Fanatics. TOPS still has agreements with the NHL and MLS and will continue to produce cards for both leagues. Don Everly, the last surviving member of the Everly Brothers, has died at the age of 84. He and his brother Phil were rock and roll pioneers with songs like Bye Bye Love and Wake Up Little Susie. The brothers used their simple harmonies to gain fans worldwide. They were inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in 1986. You can find these and past week's headlines on our website, SiblingRivalryBB.com. Remember to rate and subscribe wherever you listen. And tell a friend to listen to the Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast. We love our listeners. We want you to download and listen to the podcast and share it with others. We just ask you to acknowledge Sibling Rivalry Baseball Podcast as a source of the material. Please do not, except with our express written permission, distribute or commercially misuse the content. All right, lots to get to this week on uh, SRBB. Definitely got to talk about uh, the Dodgers uh, streak, how the Angels fared in Williamsport. 
and of course we'll go around the league and there's quite a few cool little nuggets of things that we found of course we'll take a ride on the wheel of il but first we got to address this it's you know it's one of those things what the elephant in the room an albatross around the dodger's neck and even though this whole saga is not over for trevor bauer and for those involved this portion of it is as we mentioned last week the restraining order hearing to see whether this temporary restraining order from trevor bauer's accuser would be i guess they call it a permanent but it's for five years restraining order would be turned into the permanent restraining order and go on i think a lot of people thought that this this restraining order meant that if it was permanent then that really gave more credence to the investigation criminally and it probably didn't sit well for trevor not that it has anyway but it would have been pretty much certain doom especially and, and it still could be if if pasadena police department charges him with a crime right now he's probably feeling a little vindicated but a lot of people ask and this is this is you know before we started the show we were kind of talking about this how people just read something or they see something or they don't read it at all they read a headline and then they think they know everything there is to know about it this in no way the fact that the the restraining order the permanent restraining order was not granted and the other one was just wipe clean. There's no restraining order in place now. Doesn't mean that he's not guilty of doing whatever. It just means that he's not a future threat to his accuser. Yeah, the Pasadena police, as you mentioned, they're still investigating and they have to finish their investigation before the MLB can do anything as far as, I mean, I think they're waiting. They're doing their own investigation, the MLB is, but they're um, waiting for the Pasadena police to conclude their investigation. And then they're going to talk to Trevor Bauer. We've heard from, you know, sources in the clubhouse that aren't supposed to be talking about this, that the players don't want him back. Uh, I think you could get that bill from, you know, that it, he would be the elephant in the room. He is the albatross around the Dodgers neck. Mainly one of the things is, I mean, I think across baseball, at least I would think all of the things that came out during this and their graphic really puts him, you know, if he was on the bottom rung before in popularity, he's like underground now because, you know, people just like, I just, we don't need to know about that part of your life. And um, then if he does come back, whatever happens, he's still on administrative leave through the 27th. Imagine the PR issue that the Dodgers would have or any team would have trying to promote him. Yeah, that's the, that's the problem because there are a lot of people out there who don't care you know, they had a bias anyway going in. They didn't like Trevor Bauer to start. They didn't like something he said. We at the beginning of the season said, you got to give the guy a chance. Maybe he's changed. A lot of these things are in the past. The things he's saying, the way he's acting. You know, I don't know what his relationship was with the guys in the clubhouse. I know that he liked to talk baseball. And maybe those guys are like, look, I don't want to talk baseball right now. I just need, I just need to clear my head of everything. 
but he he really he's he's a baseball geek as far as that goes. He's really that's his whole thing. And whatever he likes to do privately, that's the unfortunate part is. And when you look at certain teams, there's guys around anywhere, people around that you know in your own life that you know that they they let it out the kinds of things that they might be into and you're like I don't need to know this. Right. Or you TMI. can tell by the way that that people act, you know. But then the Dodgers, when you go through their lineup and you go through their roster, there's nobody that really steps out as kind of like even as crazy as Joe Kelly can be, he doesn't seem like he's at home strangling his wife. I you know, I mean I don't know, but that's where it should be. We don't yeah. know. I don't care. I don't care what Justin and Courtney do at home when they're not podcasting and and doing their stuff. I don't know. They don't care. Yeah. That's their relationship. I think that's been the biggest thing with this whole mess that he's gotten himself into is we found out things that we nobody wanted to know and it puts him in a situation where you know either way it doesn't matter if he no charges are filed against him and nothing happens um i think he would probably will be suspended from mlb just based on the uh, the way the con- the it's worded, their policy is worded, right. and, and that precedent. makes sense. And there's precedent, and it makes sense to me. He's not going to pitch again this year. It nor, would nor be to his he. benefit, right? Yeah, no, there's too much distraction. He hasn't pitched like just from a physical standpoint. He hasn't pitched in two months, and who knows how long it'll be before he'd actually, you know. And and when I say he hasn't pitched, he hasn't pitched in games. So yeah. there's no reason for him to do that. It, but here's the question, though. If they clear him, and we know that what came out in this uh, in these hearings really cast reasonable doubt upon what she's saying, the accuser. And, you know, I get that because for so long women... You know, it's like, you know, if you, you, you got raped, you didn't tell anybody because you were ashamed and your family was ashamed and all this stuff. It's like, I get that all these things have been under, they're unearthed now and we should listen to when people say something happened. But now this is where the problem comes and why people don't want to. And a lot of people wrote, this is why women don't ever come forward. No, it's because she left a lot of stuff out of there to make this work for her and and there's proof it's not a true he said she said because there's stuff that she said to like an aa sponsor and the aa sponsors backing her up remember keep your eye on the prize there was some other term that she used but it's like if he he can punch me and whack me wherever he wants for 50 million dollars well, you don't say stuff like that. Are you a truly a victim? You could think it. Well, if he, if what if, what if he, you know, is going to give me some money for this? Do I just let it go? But see, at that point, you've now p- betrayed every other p- 
person that's gone through something like this because you took the money and then you shut up about it. What if he's serially doing this? Yeah. Well, and it did come out before the hearing uh, started. He came out on Twitter and said, I can't keep my mouth shut anymore. And uh, he has a um, there's been allegations made by a woman he had a relationship with or in Cleveland when he pitched in Cleveland. And there are similar allegations that were made by the woman in California. So he still has that to contend with and deal with. So yeah, is he, you know, is this something he needs help with? Clearly, clearly he, he has a thing that he likes. And the problem is, is that did now the judge said he stopped, he acquiesced to her request either doing or not doing. I don't think, and for the most part, he's been, he's been quiet, but I, I clearly, he likes things. He likes to do things a certain way. And once again, we didn't need to know, but we do. And, and, and even still, it's still none of my business. You know, it's a high profile thing, but if this had just been some guy, you know, just a regular citizen, nobody knew about, it would go through the system. And if you happen to read it on page five of your newspaper, you'd know. And if not, you wouldn't know you you wouldn't know about it. So here's here's my question. Clearly, if if tomorrow or you know, whenever MLB well, let's go with Pasadena. The Pasadena Police Department says uh, there's nothing to sustain these charges. The 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 victim clearly impeached herself. It wasn't any kind of lawyer tricks, or you know somebody. They she she omitted a lot of things, and she made herself look real bad in the things that she said about him, after the fact, during the fact, about other people. And she has, you know, a a whole thing about alcoholism coming up. Don't know if that really plays into it because she's supposedly been sober for a year. But, you know, how did all that play in? But if they say no charges, he's clear. And then MLB is certainly going to suspend him, whether it's just like for the rest of the season or, you know, 50 games or whatever. So even in the next season. We don't know what's in his contract, but should the Dodgers, if he's cleared, should the Dodgers bring him back next year? He's still under contract next year. After that, it's an option. Yeah, he has uh, two years, uh, $64 million remaining on his contract after this year. Um, He can't opt out after this season or next and next season. I just feel that it would just be better for him not to be a Dodger anymore because he just, I mean, he's a good pitcher, but he just, it's hard because I was one who, I never really had any 
preconceived notions about Trevor Bauer. I knew who he was. I had seen him pitch. I knew he was quirky in different things. Obviously, no more than we want to know. And I came into it when he was signed with the Dodgers, like, okay, yeah, you know, maybe he he's grown up. He's like 30 now. And he see and he was really good. And he's fun to watch. He's fun to watch pitch. But I just I don't know. It's a hard one because part of me is like the Dodgers really need him <laughs> on the mound. But then another part of me is just like, let's cut our losses and let him go because he's just not he's not who I would want as a fan in the in the dugout. But as a fan, isn't it more important that you have the best possible players and you can win? Does it matter? Like I said, doesn't matter what what they do outside of the ballpark. Don't we say that? With yeah, like when we talk about people with the Hall of Fame, we talk about it. Doesn't matter that the press hated him or that he was a raging alcoholic. No, it it matters that when he was in on the field, he gave a thousand percent and we won because of his efforts. He was yeah. a contributor. That, see, that's the part I have a the thing is, yeah, I would I'd like to see him on the mound in a Dodger uniform, but <laughs> you're it's you're always gonna have in your mind whether you, you know, defend him or you think he's um, scum of the earth and should never, you know, throw another baseball, or you're in the middle and you're like, okay, because there are a lot of things that came out in this hearing that I think, you know, the what happened um, with the woman, you know, with the accuser, I think she she wanted more than he was going to, you know, he she wanted a relationship with him, but he if she really knew him, all you have to do is read on any website about him that says, I don't, I'm never going to get married. I'm not marriage material. I'm not a husband. That's not who I am. So he's not into that relationship thing. And um, so, yeah, I, it's just, but, it, you know, at the same time, you have the other stuff. And, yeah, obviously he likes that, doing that stuff. But did she like doing that stuff? I think she said in lots of texts and tweets that or tweets but lots of texts that oh yeah it's okay but you know now i don't like it and it'll give me 50 million dollars which we know that's not going to happen it's just a hard one because i think for the rest of the season he needs to not be on a ball field um he's not going to be pitching he wouldn't be you know able physically needs to get himself ready so you know what, 2022 rolls around, he's still a Dodger, then I, you know what, I'd be okay. Because I don't think that there will be criminal charges just based on what was brought out in the hearing. I could be wrong. I'm not, you know, I'm not a lawyer. I've only watched lots of shows on I've, TV. You've only played one in your living room. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you know, and I'm not an investigator, but I think there's a lot of things that happened and 
Yeah, if I want the best hit, you know, on the mound, and the Dodgers really do need pitching, um, but we need pitching right now. We don't need pitching. You know, I don't know if we need pitching in 2022. <laughs> it's hard. It's a hard one. I don't want to be like, oh, I'm on the fence, but I just, if you just look at him and say he's the pl- he's a pitcher, and that's all I care is that he wins the game for me, then yeah, and I just have to think I don't care about the rest of the stuff. If he wasn't, and and this is also an argument we have all the time. If he wasn't as good of a pitcher as he is, are we even talking about him? No. If he was just one of those guys, uh, you know, a bum in the bullpen who wasn't really contributing that much, we don't Mm -hmm. care. And he's not the only one who has, you know, things going on with them you know how many pitchers are 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 or were alcoholics well, i guess you're always an alcoholic once you are one so they say but and did stuff that they shouldn't have done and it never came out or whatever here's what i think he shouldn't i don't think he can pitch the rest of the season i think if there's no charges against him and based off of what we heard from from that hearing if they say we can't substantiate any of it because and and mostly because of what she ended up saying and doing and even in her own words it seemed like she's like i just wanted him to think i'm into it don't you know it's one thing if 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 you're doing something else and you i want him to think i'm into it and it's not violence like this then you know or then don't tell him you're into it don't tell him that when you when you woke up after the first time of, of passing out, it was just like, Oh, it was even so much better. You don't encourage somebody who is into that, that way. So she did herself in, even if he went too far, she did herself in. I'm, I don't know because none of us were there and we only have her word and he's smartly not saying anything except to deny, but, so I say MLB shouldn't decide that they're higher than the police department and and say, well, you're suspended for 82 games. Just look at it and go, all right, there's 33 games left in the season. You're suspended for 33 games. You're suspended for the rest of this season. You know, even A.J. Hinch and uh, and Greg Lunau or Jeff Lunau and uh, and and all of those players, they did something worse to the game. If if the, that's a stain on the whole game, Trevor Bauer gets arrested and charged with this crime. Nobody else is going down but Trevor Bauer. Nobody's going to look at it and go, you know, the same people that are writing the articles now about how the the Dodgers uh, really got themselves into a mess with him. Well, guess what? They're out of it just as quickly because it's one guy and it doesn't affect baseball from the bigger scheme. Yes, it's affected their pitching, but they've made it through. They still have the second best record in baseball and they've regained that they had lost it. And now they're back there. They're, you know, they haven't, they've missed him simply because they're throwing four bullpen games a week. If they hadn't gotten Max Scherzer, they'd have been doing five games, you know, or the majority of the games of every week would be a bullpen game, followed by uh, who? Walker Bueller, Julio when he's not on the IL, 
you know, any of the players when they're not on IL. When Clayton comes back, maybe in September, you know, there's just not they don't really have any starters anymore. So him him being there, that affected the team, but didn't really affect baseball. Yeah, that's true. It affected him and it affects him solely on one, he can't he's not able to play baseball right now because of these actions. And if he were to go back into the clubhouse and they said, yeah, okay, everything. And he went in the clubhouse tomorrow. That would be a very awkward, um, entry. And, and, you know, I don't know. We, how we, how do we trust these two people that said, well, we're not supposed to talk about it, but we know that the players, and I'm sure there are players that are, you know, I don't want to have anything to do with them and they don't have to have anything to do with them. It doesn't make for a good team, but, um, I, I just, I think for him, it would be best if he does not, he's not going to pitch for the rest of the season and he needs to get him himself right with whatever is going on with him. Um, because for me, one of the things I read was his mom was in the courthouse, you know, obviously there to support him. But if these were the allegations, I would don't want any family member in there uh, supporting me because I'd be so embarrassed about you did what? What? I mean, it's just awkward. And that's just how I am. But yeah, he needs to get his, you know, his stuff together. Well, he does, but maybe his stuff isn't that far off. You know, he is a work in progress. He said it. He's mm-hmm. he's maturing. I think the dumbest thing he did was was get involved like this in the first place. Somebody you met online, they come to your house, they live a long way away. I don't know how much he knew about her before or during that short time, but he's he should have been smarter and should have known that it's potentially a setup and you should be a little bit paranoid when you make that much money and you have that much notoriety that somebody's going to come after you, whether it had been, you know, what if, what if he'd done that? And, uh, you know, it doesn't, nothing ever came up that she had like a boyfriend or something, but they did that. And then she went back home and the boyfriend beat her up so that they could scam him, you know, things like that happen. Mm-hmm. But, I think the best course of action is if if there's no charges, MLB says you're suspended for the rest of the year, and then don't don't let it carry over into next season. So that way, when next season comes, there's going to be all these talks about the CBA. There might not even be baseball to start. Take the focus off of it. If you can't cut him. Well, they can, but they'd have to pay out the rest of the money. That's a lot of money to have to pay out. Just let it let it go. People will forget until, you know, Molly Knight writes at the beginning of the season to reopen everything. Just let it be. And, yeah. and let him go out and start pitching again. He's a member of your team. He's a good member of your team as far as that goes. And if he's rubbed a couple of players the wrong way, there's players that never talked the whole time. They met and they never talked 
their whole careers, maybe even played on the same team because they didn't like each other, but they played ball together. It's about being a professional at that point. But for now, he's just in limbo. No more restraining order in place. And we'll see what happens. Trevor Bauer. It's time for Dodger baseball. A couple things happened in uh, with the Dodgers this week. One, there was a uniform change just for a couple of days. And a winning streak that was very Dodger-like, but uh, we hadn't seen in a while. Unfortunately, it didn't help as much as we had hoped in the in the pennant race. So this week they had uh, a seven-game week. They uh, headed home from City Field in Queens after a sweep of the Mets and uh, took on the Pirates. And then they played those very same Mets again, only at their house. So the Pittsburgh uh, series continued on with the win streak. It was a sweep as it should have been. Uh, You got to beat the teams you're supposed to beat or else you drop more games in the standings. Yep. That first game against um, Pittsburgh is notable because Andre uh, Jackson was called up from Oklahoma City, but he'd only pitched, I think, maybe once in uh, AAA. I think he was mainly in Tulsa, their AA team uh, with the Drillers. Uh, But he was called up. He made his first um, Major League appearance. He came in, he didn't start the game, but he came in, he pitched four innings, um, he gave up two hits, but no runs, uh, no earned runs, four walks, and had five strikeouts, Um, so looked really good, and looked looked a little nervous, which I think is normal, Um, they were talking about the ball, and the major league ball versus what's used in AAA, and then in AA, and because he spent the majority of time in AA, the ball is different from double A to triple A because they, they use the same ball in triple A that they use in the majors. So he was trying to get his feel for it, but his family was there and that was really cool um, for him. So that for as a Dodger fan, seeing him pitch like that and especially with the pitching woes we've had makes you feel better about what's on the horizon for our minor league and who's coming up. Uh, Kenley Jansen had his 24 save. Um, He pitched an inning, uh, had a strikeout. So they were able to win that game on the home runs provided by Billy McKinney, which was his first Dodger home run. And of course, Max Muncy. And then Trey two for four. They said when he's playing the game, it's like playing PlayStation. Like playing the MLB, the show. Yeah, uh, with him. And then one thing that uh, threw me off, because I guess since he hadn't really been around, uh, former Ray and former Dodger, Yoshi Sutsugo is a pirate. Yeah, so the um, he was playing, I uh, played with the Dodgers. Then the Dodgers, instead of releasing him, they sent him to AAA. Um, but then they did release him so he could sign a uh, contract, a major league contract with the Pirates. And he played, I think we played a little bit of outfield, uh, played first base. Um, So, yeah. So, but it's nice to see Yoshi um, playing somewhere that, you know, especially in the majors. Yeah. I I think the Dodgers felt like he 
had something. They just need to develop it. But he's probably like, look, I can't play down here, you know, and I, I, I really want a shot at a, at a major league club. And, you know, a team like the Pirates or that could take a chance with him. And so that's cool that the, the Dodgers were, uh, were willing to do that. Yeah. Uh, we talked about bullpen games. We do have David Price, um, but it's almost, you know, he starts the game, but he usually is only going maybe four to five innings. Um, in the second game, they won four to three, and David Price did start um, four and two-thirds innings is what he pitched. Kenley Jansen came in again and got his 25th save. Um, he did give up a run, but he was able to shut it down. So he's always one. He, I like Kinley, believe in Kinley, but am I going to hold my breath while he's pitching and how long can I hold it? Uh, because that's just the kind of guy he is right now. Uh, but again, you know, you had, um, Trey Turner and, uh, Corey Seager, uh, Cody Bellinger, AJ Pollock, Matt Beatty, all doubles. It was like doubles night at Dodger Stadium. Yeah, six six doubles, and it was uh, AJ and Matt Beatty who provided the uh, the runs. Uh, they both had two run uh, RBIs each. Yeah, and then the next night is more Dodger like. They won nine to nothing. But Mitch White, who he's makes me laugh because he's always chewing bubble gum and he just, you know, he can chew and he, while he's pitching and blows bubbles and that's just his thing. He came in and pitched seven and a third innings. He gave up two hits, no runs, gave up, had two walks and six strikeouts. And um, again, he didn't start the game, but he, he had a really good game. And then I saw where he was. He sent him down. I thought, oh, he went back to Oklahoma City. No, he's in Rancho Cucamonga. So they have him close um, if they they need him again. So that was a really good performance uh, for him. Because he's had flashes of brilliance. But this game in particular was like, this. if this is who you are as a pitcher, we want more of this. Yeah, as a reliever going uh, seven and a third, that's like uh, the longest outing of any reliever, at least this yeah. season. Yep. Uh, both uh, Corey and AJ had home runs, and Max was like, you got a home run? I'm going to have two home runs. I'll match that? both of you guys. <laughs> that's right. So good um Probably a really good series for the Dodgers. One that, as you mentioned, they should they should have swept. They did sweep, uh, and I think it was really good momentum for them going into. They had uh, from New York, and then coming into the Pirates game and uh, games, and then going into the Mets series where they were meeting them again, but this time at Chavez Ravine. And it's a Friday. But no extra innings this time, but it's a bullpen game. It wasn't a Zinnings Friday. Not a Zinnings Friday, but they did win four to one. Uh, Blake Trinan got his uh, fourth save. He had three strikeouts in the inning that he pitched, so he was dominant. 
Trey Turner, two for four with an RBI. JT, yes, on base. Uh, CT, uh, three, one for two with an RBI. Um, AJ had an RBI. He was 0 for three, but he did have a, like, I think it was a sacrifice uh, fly. Um, so, but the other thing about this game, no innings, but it was City Connect night. And the Dodgers had new uniforms. Yeah. Before before you bring that up, one stat that I noticed, they only left three on base. So that's huge improvement. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it has it, always been, you know, eight, seven, nine, <laughs> twelve. Yeah. <laughs> Just throw a number out there higher than five, <laughs> and you would probably get it right. All right, so the City Connect jerseys, we talked about the Giants and their City Connect jersey and how silly it looks with the fog coming in and it just it's just odd. Well, and even the the orange on the jersey is not the right orange. If you right. looked at it's just not the same as what their normal black and orange. It was like a more pastel-y orange, I guess, if there's such a thing. Yeah, it just, I, yeah. yeah. I, I got you. Yeah, it, it isn't. It just it looks off. It maybe if they had had the Giants orange, it wouldn't look so suspect, so weird. Yeah. But, but yeah, who knows? Uh, but the Dodgers, the Dodgers had blue. A lot of people have been talking. They wish they'd wear uh, like blue alternate jerseys yeah, Justin JT. Turner even tweeted yep yeah he's been a big you know proponent of hey let's let's do this because they were they wear blue during spring training and so he would like to see it um, well so I maybe have, that I have a Justin Turner jersey and it's a the blue jersey it's not a white or a gray yeah um I liked the jerseys they were so it's been 40 years since Fernando Mania and they were an ode to uh, the uh, Latino uh, bands uh, because Fernando, uh, being from Mexico, really, you know, it just sparked um, Fernando mania. There's not much more you can say about Fernando Valenzuela. And they say uh, Rogers across it. On if you looked on the sleeve around the bottom of the sleeve, it was black. But if you looked closer, it's supposed to be like spray paint. But unless you kn know why, no one's gonna get that. And you know this because you drive the streets of LA. There are lots of murals of um, Dodgers, Dodger players, and other sports too, but it's an ode to those well, and just murals. Murals, period. Yeah. I would have liked to see, since they were going with that, the spray paint, why not do like spray paint, like their numbers look like spray painted on the back? That would have been, been cool. That would have been pretty cool. I didn't really like the hat. I thought yeah. they should have just kept their L.A. hat. Yeah, uh, because that's what people wear. They all wear the, the L.A. hat. You know, they're not. They, so the hat said Los Dodgers on it as well. Yeah. The, um, the, the pants were also blue. 
Yes, which I liked. I it would have looked weird with the. I didn't say weird because they wear white at in spring training, but I liked the all the whole uniform being blue, um, because like the Diamondbacks, they had a cool City Connect jersey, um, and it's like a tan color, like oh, a light the tan. Serpiente. But they, I didn't realize that was their City Connect. Yeah, that's like their that. city connect. Yeah, the Serpientes, but they had white pants. They should have had black pants, you know, or something, because it just didn't. The color scheme didn't didn't look right. No, I like I like that like that color rush that the NFL's done, where everything's one color. The Indians and other teams, the Orioles, at one point they were all orange with the black lettering. The Indians had all red uniforms. It, it's like an ode to the seventies. Yeah, with the Phillies the, with chains. their baby blue. Yeah, they uniform. have the whole. Those the are whole probably uniform. my favorite. So, yeah, a lot of things. A lot of people have brought up because when you say with the with the accent, it's still Los Los Doyers. But it sounds like Doyers, like D-O-Y-E-R-S. And you can buy T-shirts and other things that just say Doyers and people write it up. It's on signs. But I'm sure that uh, that whoever is in their community standards office or, you know, who's going to be offended office knew that there were some people from because nobody, nobody in the Hispanic communities that I'm aware of would have had an issue with Los Doyers. No, it was probably a season ticket holder from Bel Air. That has no connection to the fact that Los Angeles used to be part of Mexico. Yeah. That, that uh, California was a mission. <laughs> there were right? missions up and down the coast. Yep. <laughs> that they probably they would have been offended if we just said Doyers instead of Dodgers. So Los Dodgers. But people with heavy accents, and when they say you listen, talk to them, no, talk about the Doyers. And they're saying Dodgers. It's just how, you know, the way that they, you know, when you listen to people speak other languages, especially where like a, a letter that's not silent for us is silent for them, you're going to hear it differently. So when they say it, even though in their head, they're saying it exactly as you see it, they see it the same way. It just comes out different. But yeah, I'm sure somebody yeah. had an issue with that. But they, I was, I was good with them, uh, except for the hat. I think that the L.A., um, the LA logo on the hat is iconic and you don't, you, you know, you can do what you want with the, with the rest of it, the adding the lows to it. Great. But no. yeah, don't mess with the hat. They just needed their regular hat. The socks were really cool. They normally have socks that have the palm trees because there's uh there were palm trees um, that are part of Dodger stadium um, always in the shot and uh, they wear those. Um, but uh, the socks that they had were had some red and blue and LA on them, so those are really though, cool. That, that they were most of them were wearing the white socks if they didn't just have their pants all the way down. And yeah. um, I thought they should have gone with the blue socks and kept with the whole blue theme. Oh, just yeah, it's <laughs> been the Smurfs. <laughs> just me. But our, I think our verdict is we like the the blue. Uh, Dodger City Connect jerseys. Other than so, they, that, wore those, the they wore those. on were Fridays and they wore those on Friday and Saturday. Yep. And back to regular on 
Sunday. Uh, you know, the 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 next two games with the Mets were close games. So I just realized that this was a four-game series. So, of course, there's not going to be Zinnings because it wasn't Friday. It was Thursday. So the first game that they won that was a bullpen game uh, was Thursday, not Friday night Zinnings. But guess what? Friday night. There was no zinnings. And Walker was Bueller was on the mound. Zinningless Friday. And yes. that one like uh, like you know, people have, you know, meatless Fridays or some kind of thing like that. Zinningless Fridays. Yes. Walker Bueller was on the mound, seven and two thirds innings. Uh, six hits, gave up two runs. Uh, one of those was a home run, but had eight strikeouts. As uh, Dave Roberts was coming out to um, take him out of the game. He had some words uh, with the home plate umpire uh, about two pitches that could have, that were called balls. Um, they were a little bit off the plate. So, uh, but probably could have been called strikes and he had issue with that. And he was thrown out of the game as he was being taken out of the game which I thought was silly because all that means is he just goes to the clubhouse and he can take a shower and he can, you know, do whatever he needs to do and zoom out of there when he's ready at the end of the game. Uh, so I don't know. I just, I think that's yeah, silly seems, on the umpire's part. It seems part. ridiculous to do that, but then they can fine him and it's, it goes on their permanent record. You're like what oh. you did in ninth grade. Remember, all the yeah. stuff that you did wrong, you had to do it by the end of the eighth grade. That's right, because nobody's getting Because know. in ninth grade, going forward, everything's on your permanent record. That's right. That's now, I don't right. know who keeps this permanent record. I, I've never seen it. I've never been given <laughs> any kind of access to it. So I could see what's in my permanent record. You know what I wonder, though, is, is there stuff that if people knew what was on your permanent record, if it came out, would people, like, go to the other side of the street to keep from walking by you or, you know, <laughs> would people drive by your house and point, that's where that guy lives? I just wonder. Yeah, that was in his permanent record. Oh, yeah. You know what's on his permanent record? You hide your children. You push your children like you're walking down the street and they come mm -hmm. towards you and you put your children like, you know, behind you. Like, don't and put your arm. Don't get away from While them. their dog growls and snarls That's at you. <laughs> Crazy. The permanent record of Walker Bueller. Yeah, you know what's on his permanent record, too, is he gave up a home run to Pete Alonzo in the head game. It's Pete Alonzo. I mean... I, yeah, no, uh, I'm home run derby champ. Can, yeah, twice. <laughs> uh, Kinley Jansen got his 26 save. Alex Vessia, who a lot of people, he came from Miami uh, in a trade with um, Dylan Floro. And a lot of people were like, why did we give up Dylan Floro? And you get this guy, Alex Vessia. What's his name? It's Vessia. And he has been dominant. And he uh, came in just for a, a third of an inning, uh, but got a major strikeout. 
um, and was really pumped up and the crowd was pumped up. And so he's been really good. Um, and again, we look at Trey Turner right there, two for four, has a double. And uh, Corey with, uh, was one for three, had an RBI. Max with an RBI, one for four. JT had an RBI in that game. Putting Trey Turner at the top of the, at the, top of the uh, batting order is really uh, paying dividends um, for the Dodgers. Uh, and then the uh, next day was a day game at Dodger Stadium on a Saturday. It was uh, Max Scherzer on the mound. Didn't have as good an outing. I mean, he still they still won four to three, but he did have. Um, I think he only pitched five innings in that game. Um, so probably not a outing that he would um, have a stamp of approval. Not not as memorable as some of his outings, but the thing is though. Is in his last at, in his last inning in the fifth, he had loaded up the bases. That's true. Yeah, and got out of it. Yeah, and a lot of time in that situation, and he did it with like only one out. He still had to get like two outs. I think at one time there was no outs, and he already had a couple of people on. He had to fight to do that. A lot of times we've seen this season with. I mean, we've seen it with a lot of teams, but with the Dodgers specifically that that would have already meant a run or two. And he was able to shut him down, came off. He was very pumped up. He was don't touch me pumped up. And uh, and he, that was his last inning of work. He also gave up a home run to Pete Alonzo. <laughs> Again, you know, it's Pete Alonzo. A cool moment in this game is Rich Hill. What started for the uh, Mets? He is 41 years old, and he also he one of the oldest players in the game currently playing. And he faced the other oldest player in the game, and they're separated by two months. Albert Pujols. So now, how how Nelson Cruz is real close there too? Yeah, I think he's younger I, than them, but he's he's in he's at least 40. Yeah, these at least 40, but these two, they're they're only two months apart. Uh, both of them respect gets in the batter's box, tip of the hat, you know, from uh, from Rich Hill. And Albert says, yep, I see you and I hit a home run. <laughs> I'm going to make you part of history. <laughs> yes. Who gave up? And this wasn't the first home run Rich Hill gave up to Albert Pujols. There was an earlier one when Pujols was still with the Cardinals, and I, I don't remember where Rich Hill was. I and think he, he gave, was playing with the Cubs. Oh, that's right, when he when he came up with the Cubs. And so it's been like 15 years or something in between, maybe more or a little less. But he, uh, yeah, Cubs and Cardinals, and Albert hit like a uh, home run 200 and something versus him, and now 677. Yeah. Uh, in this game, uh, Trey Turner, right off the bat, hit a home run, and it was his first home run with the Dodgers. I'm sure that was probably good to get out of the way. He was three for four in this game. 
Um, Albert was one for two with, of course, with his one RBI with his home run. CT3 got into the act. He was one for three. He had two RBIs. He did have a home run. One of his um, RBIs was he got a walk that forced in a run. So afternoon game and a win. Dodgers are cruising along. I do want to mention before we get to Sunday's game. Yeah. uh, For the Mets, Brandon Nimmo who I saw that I've seen him play sparingly, but he's never stood out. Uh, I think that was the player they were talking about that his dad called him a uh, uh, frog legs in pants because his legs are so skinny, but he, you know, frog legs and pants, but he really had uh, good games on both Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Especially and he really Sunday drove them. Yeah. He really drove the Mets. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and the Dodgers going into Sunday's game had a nine-game winning streak. And this game I did not finish watching um, because I knew the outcome. And that outcome was a 7-2 to two loss uh, to the Mets, ending their nine-game win streak. Um, but the Dodgers just really... They scored two runs, and they couldn't do anything against uh, Marcus Stroman, who had a really good game. Uh, David Price was on the mound for the Dodgers, and I kind of knew. I just had a feeling because David Price had uh, gave up um, two walks like right in that first inning, and in the first inning, the Mets had already scored three runs. And, um, the Dodgers can, you know, always come back, but they just Marcus Stroman, not that he was really throwing hard. He really wasn't, but for whatever reason, they maybe just that's could the not, key. maybe, yeah, you're up there waiting for a 98, you know, let's say 95 to hundred mile an hour fastball or like a slider at 97 and he throws you something at 85 your time is off for because in your brain you're waiting to to get something fast yeah i think his i think he was throwing maybe 93 maybe was the top he might have had one or two that was a little higher but that was it and so they just <laughs> they couldn't figure that out yeah it was too Thus slow the for two him. runs yeah uh phil bickford or skip as we like to call him he has been great out of the bullpen, hadn't given up any runs in August and gave up a home run, a two-run home run, and those were the first two runs that he's given up this month. So if that's all and he just gives up the two runs, then we're good. The Dodgers had signed Shane Green, and um, not sure about Shane and if he's going to be back to pitch after Sunday's game. Yeah, he, uh, he gave up two runs as well. The uh, The Dodgers uh, got a look at uh, Javi Baez, who was activated and played this game, and he uh, hit two doubles in his two-for-four day, and he wasn't even the big player of the day. Brandon Nimmo, who did really well, two-for-three, he wasn't even the big player of the day. Oh. No, that would have been a guy named J.D. Davis. Yep. Two for three, four RBIs and a home run. He uh, really led the team and 
Yeah, after he hit his home run, before that, he had caught a ball. He's at he plays third, um, and it was hard hit. So must have stung his hand, you know, hurt when he caught the ball in his glove. And um, they were looking at his hand, and so they thought, well, maybe he'll come out. But he didn't. Lucky and for probably them. Probably good. Yeah, lucky for them because then he hit a home run, and it's like, yeah, his his hand's fine. He's he's good. Um, yeah, uh, Shane Green hit uh, Pete Alonso and then hit Javier Baez, um, and then it just you know kind of went downhill from there. And like I said, the Dodgers ended up losing seven to two. Um, now. There was um, Javi Baez had a slide into second. It was offline for Trey Turner. Uh, so he kind of had to get away from the base. And of course, you know, everyone, the Mets fans, some Mets fans said, oh, Javi's cooler than Trey. His slide's cooler. No. If you look at the look at the slide, it was not cool at all. It was kind of like, I got to get to the base. And somebody did try to put that out there. And there were a lot of Mets fans that said, I like Javi, uh, but no. It, no, no. I mean, it doesn't why, beat smooth Why criminal. try to make that it's better than something else? His was just, it was just different. It was, it clearly was better than anybody else's. Yeah. Unless you can, you know, you got to come with something spectacular. Because that was just, that was just too that, smooth. Is what yeah, she is too smooth. So Joe Kelly has been on the IL and they didn't get a reason, but now they've given the reason, which we knew the reason he had COVID. It was COVID-19 um, IL. He is back. He rehabbed in uh, Rancho Cucamonga. I like saying that even as a little kid, Cucamonga. And uh, he, uh, he was rehabbing and he should be back with the team uh, for their upcoming series. Julio Urias, I believe I heard, is supposed to be back soon as well. Yep, and Clayton Kershaw looks, uh, he's um, it's thrown, has been throwing and should be throwing off a mound um, here this week. And so that's all really good progress. Um, and Tony Gonsolin also had a bullpen session. Um, so that's also good news um, for a pitching staff that, you know, you can only do so many bullpen games, but the Dodgers. Well, it's not have been. It's worked it. out. They had an eight-game yeah. winning streak, so yeah, it's been. It's so. you know, they figured it out how to how to do it. All right, before we look at uh, who's coming up in this week and our players of the week, let's wander on down to the corner, see what Tio Albert's talking about today. Get a hug. The big thing was his his home run this last week because he really only played in three games and he had one hit. That was the home run off of Rich Hill. He did have kind of a fun uh, a fun little play where uh, double play, he, an unassisted double play, where he uh, he got uh, he got the ball, uh, got the first out, and then the other player, the player that was on first run into second. Uh, got caught in a quasi rundown and as he was uh, as the runner was starting to decide which way to go albert faked the throw which made the runner head back towards first 
and then he just walked over and tagged him with the ball. And his smile and his laugh, made, you know, he made the game right there. It was uh, it was fun. Now, what I did was I looked at it because he was one for five. He only hit 200 this week, had the RBI that uh, came off of the home run. I, I was wondering, what? How does, how does the season match up for him? Albert played 24 games for the Angels. He hit 198. Had five home runs, 12 RBIs, and no doubles. With the Dodgers, he's played in 62 games. He's batting 268. He's had 10 home runs, 33 RBIs, three doubles. So clearly, coming to the Dodgers, even if it's just I'm doing this to prove to you that I'm still productive to the to the angels uh he's definitely been a, a big help to the dodgers that we've been saying all along even just from his standpoint of being in the the dugout probably more so than even what he's done on the field but he looks he looks a lot better and that 268 is a respectable batting average overall All right, so big week for the Dodgers uh, coming up. It's all NL West, starting with their big rivals, the San Diego Padres, who've been on a losing streak lately. We'll talk more about that coming up in Around the League. But they've got the they've got them for three before the Padres head over to Anaheim, and then uh, and then the Rockies uh, for three. Uh, wrapping up the the last parts of the season with uh, with their their division rivals. So this week, you know, when I went through everything, I had a tough time picking, especially trying to find somebody new to be the player of the week. But even more so, it was just there were some people who were good candidates. But what what did I go with? You know, was there somebody who never got one? So, who did you pick? When I went through the stats, I just kept coming back to this guy, and that is Trey Turner. He is my player of the week uh, for this week. He was 13 for 28, and this is over the last seven games. Uh, 464 batting average, three doubles, had a home run, two um, stolen bases, scored seven runs. Uh, two RBIs, I mean, just really a catalyst for the Dodgers to get, you know, it's a game changer. He has been a game changer for the Dodgers, and I want him to be a Dodger, you know, for a while. Well, when you think about it, that uh, that winning streak has been since Trey and Max have been around, and Trey's been, he's really the spark plug right now and imagine when they're able to have Mookie back in there consistently and playing at even half Mookie strength it's uh I think I think they could really tear it up the problem is is that the Giants aren't losing the Dodgers gained a couple of games because the Giants lost one game to the A's but they took the other two and then they were off on, on the, the Thursday when they played the Mets. So they were able to gain half a game. 
So they got to keep pace with them because the Giants just aren't losing. Yeah. And they've got to be able to win when the Giants don't. So my player of the week, I, I had thought about Trey Turner. I said, well, he was my player of the week, what, last week? And I thought about him, thought about doing co-MVPs because he really was clearly, and I thought Trey's going to win it again at some point. But I looked overall and I said, who had probably the the best output or an outing? A lot of outings or just one? And I decided to go with Mitch White this week. It was an incredible outing. The The seven innings for a reliever, he normally only goes, you know, two, maybe three at most. Uh, six strikeouts uh, shut out the, shut him out. They couldn't do anything with them. So I went uh, with the uh, the Pirates. I mean, it is the Pirates, but they look like they wanted to lose the two games before that. So the 9 nothing. Mitch White really pitched well. So he's my player of the week. <music> biggest thing for the Angels this last week, well, you would think it'd be the biggest thing, was playing in uh, Williamsport for the Little League World Series Classic or the Little League Classic. Uh, which was very cool. We'll get to that because that was the last game they played in the week. Uh, they, for the second week in a row, played a makeup game, this time versus the Yankees. They started their road trip with a with a ride. Uh, they left Sunday after their game and uh, headed to New York where they played a regularly scheduled like evening game versus the Yankees in the makeup game from their earlier series there. They, uh, they met up with uh, Garrett Cole, who pretty much controlled them 2-1 to one in the makeup game. Uh, Jay Up was uh, responsible for the only run. He went one for four, hit the home run and the RBI. Uh, Jose Suarez, five innings pitched, four hits, gave up two runs, and one of those being a home run to Joey Gallo. Uh, Garrett Cole. Five and two-thirds, two hits, one run, nine Ks, and a home run. He looked pretty sharp overall. Uh, Aaron Judge contributed as well as you would think. So not a great start to this road trip, but it could get better or it could get worse. In this case, it got better. They went to Detroit, and they did something that they rarely ever do. They swept a team. That's right. They won all three games versus the – the Tigers, they had some good games. Some things popped up. Uh, the second game of the series, I mean, the third game of the series was uh, was pretty incredible. Uh, Joe Adele hit his uh, first home run of the season for the Angels, and it was a grand slam as the Angels took the first game, eight to two, six runs in the ninth inning. Uh, Brandon Marsh, Kurt Suzuki, and Juan Lagares, all two for five. Kurt Suzuki hit a home run. Oh, and... Jose Iglesias. Dylan Bundy pitched pretty well. Uh, four and two-thirds, three hits, two runs. So compared to some of his outings this season, it was decent. Game number two, three-to-one win. Another home run by Jay Up. Shohei on the mound. And he not only threw for eight innings, only gave up six hits and one run that was a home run to Willie Castro. He, too, hit a home run. Number 40, the MLB-leading home run uh total at this point. And then uh, Phil Gosselin, the goose, was two for four. 
So they're looking pretty good. They're looking like a team that, had they been doing this all season long, could have been competing for something. Yeah, Shohei had eight innings, eight strikeouts, so, and Rizal Iglesias got his uh, 27th save in that right. game. Now, game three started out poorly for the Angels. Number one, it started out real poorly because their starter only went one and a third innings, gave up seven hits, six runs, one of those being a home run. It is somebody who should never be back on the mound, but like the Dodgers, necessity called because there's a lot of injuries to the Dodgers staff. Jose Quintana called the spot start, and they realized that's no. Jose, I won't be an angel next year, Quintana. He is not Johnny on the spot for the no, Angels. No, not at all. And, uh, and then... The other guy who's had issues that we thought was going to be all right out of the pole, Aaron Sleegers, he threw more innings, gave up the same amount of hits, three, I mean seven. Uh, he gave up four runs, including two home runs. So at one point, this game is 10 to two. But then in the sixth inning and the seventh inning and the eighth inning and the ninth inning, the Angels decided to start scoring. And they scored a lot. Six runs in that sixth inning. Brandon Marsh, three for five, two triples. In the whole time that Albert Pujols was with the Angels, zero triples. In one day, well, Brandon Marsh had two. And one of those could have been, uh, I heard possibly Joe Madden thought it could have been a home run because I guess where it hit but he didn't want to challenge it because he was afraid that if it didn't go his go their way it would have been a double you know ground rule double right so, so why take away the just, triple yeah right well that's a that's a smarter move uh, Max Stassi with a home run, two for five. Uh, Gosselin, three for six with a home run. Jared Walsh, three for four. So the Angels come back. It's the improbable became, or the impossible became probable, I guess. Yeah. Possible. They uh, they win that one 13 to 10. And Brandon Marsh, he's the first Angels player since Eric Abair in 2011 to have two triples. Yeah, it's been uh, been a while since uh, yeah, Eric did 10 that. Ten years. <laughs> yep. So they leave Detroit triumphant. They storm the city. Won it all. I want to. Uh, this was the largest comeback in club history, which, interestingly enough, was previously set versus the Tigers on August 29th, nineteen eighty six, and it's also tied for the biggest comeback in the majors this year. the It's tied with the game the Padres played uh, when they came back from an eight-run uh, eight deficit on July 8th. So they're right up there tied with the biggest comeback. Um, yeah, it was pretty pretty incredible. It was a day game. They, uh, you know, just kind of seemed like they were listless early on because for us it was, I think it came on at like 10 here in the morning so it was like 
not it's not early for them, but still. But when they came back, that was pretty incredible. And it must have taken everything they had out of them because they couldn't really do anything in Cleveland. We could also blame it on Jack Morris, maybe. He got uh, rattled the team, I guess. Nah, I don't know. It didn't seem to, to rattle the person that everyone thought was. the was. subject, though. Yeah, he was the subject. So Hall of Famer Jack Morris, who is Detroit a Detroit legend. Tigers yeah, Detroit legend. He is a broadcaster now for the team. Um, he has been suspended indefinitely. Uh, he works for Bally Sports Detroit. Uh, what happened during the game is he, the other announcer that works with him, Shohei was coming up to the the plate, and they said, he goes, what do you do with Shohei? And he said be very very careful now he didn't just say be very very careful in a normal voice he had an accent that sounded asian and that was what happened and they said it was an offensive accent what he said wasn't a big deal because that's that's good advice with shohei be very careful but because he said it in a way with the accent or whatever. And we talked about this before when we first heard about it. And it's like, was he trying to do that? Is he's just not good at voices and he was trying to be Elmer Fudd hunting wabbits. Be very, very careful. And it came out or somebody just took, heard it and said, that sounds too much like this, Jack, you're a jerk. And it was on Twitter. And you're being and reassigned. You're being reassigned to the asterisks because you're an ass like they are. I don't. He said it, and then he said that like in the um, sixth inning. Yeah, and later in the game, I think it probably in the ninth inning, eighth or ninth inning, he apologized on the air. He said, "I never intended." for any offensive thing. And he was very genuine. He was, he said, I, you know, Shohei Otani is great. And, uh, I, I would never say anything that would be, uh, you well, know, and he didn't really say anything in content derogatory. No, in fact, it wasn't it was very, anything. He was very respectful, flattering of what Shohei can do. The threat yes. that he is. But the two things that came from this is, um, one, I think it's ridiculous that he's being suspended indefinitely. Um, Of course, he has to undergo bias training now. But Shohei Otani was asked after the game, um, what what did he think about it? And this is his quote. He said, I did see the footage and I heard it on the video. Personally, I'm not offended. I didn't take anything personally. I have no say to what the Tigers wanted to do or what they did with him. He's a Hall of Famer. He has a big influence in baseball, um, in the baseball world. So it's kind of a tough spot. And I think, you know, Otani, he's a smart guy. And he's like, listen, and this is personally, I think uh, if Shohei Otani says, it doesn't bother, it didn't bother me. And I'm the one that 
everyone's up, you know, like, oh, we got to protect him because he did this. And he comes out and says, it doesn't bother me. Then you don't suspend Jack Morris indefinitely. You know, give him a, a couple of games. And and what good does sensitivity training do? <laughs> Especially to somebody who's, you know, not that people can't change, but he's in his 60s. He And he, what he said, it's not like he was culturally insensitive no I, I didn't really hear it but you know it's not like he said well what do you do he goes we go after him like it's hiroshima yeah that now, would be culturally insensitive exactly or but you know something like that but you know we, i we, think we, he we really was him you know it's like yeah. that's that's not you know or something else you know, right. had he said something, you know, about him that was be like a, a a a feature or or said something about him that would be because he's Asian, then that would be one thing. But he said, "Be careful." That's be it. Very, be very, very. Yeah, and I'm wondering in his mind, was he like you mentioned, trying to say like Elmer Fudd, and it just came out bad. Well, how many times have you ever done an? Imp- and tried to impersonate somebody, you know, like you, something, something said on TV and there's a funny voice that they do and you try to do it. And in your head, you sound exactly like that character that said mm-hmm. it or that person that said it. Yeah. There was, um, I can't remember what it was. Oh, there was from, from Robin hood with Kevin Costner. And there was a part in there where they're all mad at him. And the guy's like, with an English accent, you know, they've hurt my son or whatever. Look at my son. He's dead, you know, and the way that he said it. So I would try to impersonate it. And I thought I sounded like just like him. And everybody around me go, you don't sound anything like him. And I was like, yeah, uh, the unfortunate. Yeah, the unfortunate like part. Sean Connery, you know, right. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, for Jack Morris, he's on TV and there are people that watch things and listen to things. They don't care anything about the game or whatever the context. They don't care about that. They only want that's their whole job is to say, I didn't like the way this sounded and we need to do something. And the Tigers were really quick. But the worst part of this whole thing is A.J. Hinch. He comes out and says that. He heard, he learned about Morris's remarks and he supports, um, you know, the actions that were taken by Valley Sports and the organization and that there's no place in the game for it. Really, AJ Hinch, you exactly, you have no place in this game. What Jack Morris did is so minuscule. It's so little. It's so tiny. It's like a blip. And what you did is you cheated the game and you're going to, you have the, the gall to come out and say, there's no place for this in the game. Yeah. There's no place for cheating either. Yet you got away with it. Yeah. Nobody, if nobody calls it out, if he doesn't say anything and nothing comes out of this, it doesn't get blasted nationwide. Nobody knows about it. It doesn't hurt the game. It only hurts Jack Morris. That's it. Just like we talked about earlier. Baseball moves on. Shohei doesn't care. AJ cares more than Shohei does. 
AJ, you may not have uh, technically cheated, but you suborned it. And as I recall from just watching eight men out, if you sit in conference with players who are cheating or gambling or all that stuff, you'll never see baseball again. Where's Kennesaw Mountain Landis when we need him? Since we've been, we mentioned the asterisks a little bit, the Angels got a bigger picture of a guy named Miles Straw while they were in, uh, in the Great Lakes Midwest area. Uh, Northeast area, I guess where Williamsport would be considered. Miles Straw is one of the fastest guys in baseball. Basically tore up the base pass and caused problems for the Angels. The Indians swept them, which it would have been one thing if they had just lost it to in Cleveland. But then they went and got shut out in Williamsport. So the first game, 9-1. to one. Second game, 5-1. to one. Nobody really, really did much. Jaime Berea, five runs, two innings, uh, over two innings pitch. Junior Guerra, three runs in two innings pitch. Nothing, nothing to speak of. David Fletcher had the one RBI in that game. Uh, Joe Adele had a double. Jose Iglesias uh, scored the one run, had three hits in that game. Reed Detmers uh, got a, uh, I guess somebody wrote uh, the learning curve meets Reed Detmers in Cleveland. He kind of got bounced around three and two thirds, seven hits, three runs, gave up a home run to uh, Jose Ramirez. Of course, their bigger issue in this game was that Tristan McKenzie, you remember that name from last week? He of a nearly perfect game, at least a no-no, was on the mound, went seven innings, Gave up two hits, one run, struck out eight. So they hit the hot hand at the you know the wrong time there with in Tristan McKenzie. Uh, the next day they headed out over to Williamsport to play in the Little League Classic, which I want to say real quick, Little League Classic. I didn't see the second one, but the first one I was watching. Um, oh shoot, South Dakota, I think it was, and um, and Louisiana and. The South Dakota team threw a combined no-hitter simply because there's a pitch limit for like a 12-year-old can only throw 85 pitches, and it goes down from there. The younger you are, the less pitches you can throw. And if he had been able to induce a ground ball and a double play, he would have been able to finish the game. But instead and have the no-hitter to himself. Instead, he hit the 85. He actually went a little over 85 because it, he went over 85 during it at bat. And that kid, his name's Gavin Weir. Yep. And he is now being called the Little League Shohei Otani because he did that, and then uh, he gets a home run. And... I don't know if it was him or if it was another little ligger that they interviewed that said, Shohei Otani plays little league every day in the major leagues because he's pitching, he's hitting, um, he's doing the things that the little leaguers are doing. What I, what I liked is they were talking about him during the game and they asked him what he's got to do out there uh, early on. He says, I just got to keep the main thing, the main thing. And it's like, that's like perfect sense. That's it. So he was good. And then I saw, and I, I'd have to look it up, but he was uh, 
kid was excited because they were talking about him. Uh, I think he was from Washington, and he threw a no-hitter. So there's been a couple of no-hitters in the Little League World Series. Uh, I think there was rain yesterday because I was looking. It was supposed to be on, and they were showing something else, WNBA stuff. So I knew that uh, there was a reason why there was no games on. Yeah, uh, hopefully they'll be able to get games in um, because there are some more storms that are headed um, that way. So next week, we should be able to talk about uh, who the champion is if they get everything yeah, we'll be able to talk about those those little leaguers uh, that are really impressive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so in the night game, now when they got there, the teams got there. They hang out. They got to hang out with the players and and do the the cardboard slide down the hill. And Brandon Marsh was having a good time with that. He actually came off of the cardboard somewhere and rolled the rest of the way down the hill. <laughs> and everybody wanted to see Shohei, as we talked about. Mike Trout was another popular popular yeah, one can you imagine you have two faces um like of baseball at the little league world series um and Shohei Otani mobbed by the kids and adults and he's standing there signing baseballs and there's adults trying to hand him baseballs and he says hold on let me you know let me get the kids first you can hear him say that I thought that's cool. You know, he's not just signing to sign. He's knows what he's there for. Um, he's just really classy. I like Shohei. And then Mike Trout is just, they're both great ambassadors. So uh, having the angels there. Um, and it was funny because when Shohei was up to bat, I think it was like first, you know, the first inning or the, um, when he was up to bat, it was almost like a golf atmosphere. Like, Everybody was in the gallery and there was a hush <laughs> over, yeah. you know, what's going to happen. And then he gets on base, he gets a hit, he gets on base and then he steals a base. So, you know. yeah, unfortunately they couldn't put any runs on the board. Yeah. Uh, Ahmed Rosario from the Indians hit a home run was three for four with two RBIs. Uh, really the stolen base by Shohei was the highlight for the halos. Uh, Jose Suarez gave up uh, six hits three runs over four innings. It was all about Cal Quantrill, who once again, they hit a pitcher who's been on a hot streak, seven innings, two hits, no runs, nine strikeouts. And his previous outing, he was on top of it as well. So the Angels do like they almost always do, with the exception of the makeup game, they they split the week. When you throw the makeup game in there, they were three and four on the week. So they really, they look good in Detroit, they looked normal in <laughs> Cleveland, unfortunately. Cleveland. The uh, Angels do have a couple of ILs. They have Patrick Sandoval um, has a lumbar spine stress reaction. So that was in lumbar spine stress reaction. So he's on the IL. Uh, now he's only on the 10-day on- right now, I saw. But it, when yeah. it first came out, there was there was talk that he very well could be done for the season. Yes, we'll keep an eye on that. And then Alex Cobb, he has been on the IL, and they've been expecting him back, expecting him back. He's It's something to do with his wrist. He's taken a step back in his progress, so he's still on the IL. Uh, Jose Marte, they, got, they selected his contract from the Salt Lake Bees, on the 20th of August, and on the 22nd, he was placed on the 10-day IL. 
<laughs> so that's really I guess and maybe that's something that kind of I guess sums up the uh, angel season. You know, uh, just about you everybody. get called Dodgers up and too. you, yeah, no, but you get called up and you know, so you're indie in Detroit. And that's your call-up, right? And you win, win, win. And then you go to Cleveland, and you're on the IL. So, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if you're going to go on the IL, Cleveland's the place to do it, I guess. I'm. <laughs> you can uh, take some time off, go to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. and All right, so we've been talking about how big the uh, Shohei's appearance in Williamsport was. So now, let's shine a spotlight on his week. So he played seven games, just batted 256 for 24, but he did have a home run, uh, number 40, the two RBIs, seven walks. One time he was intentionally walked and scored four runs on the week. Uh, pretty standard Shohei. Also, great start, as we just talked about. Uh, he went eight innings, only gave up uh, one run on six hits, struck out eight, didn't walk anybody. And uh, I was looking to see what uh, the most walks he had all season was six in one game. And that was more towards the beginning of the season versus uh, Texas and Tampa Bay. So we'll see Shohei again this week as he hits, he plays every game just about. He rarely has a day off and it seems to be working. The macro management of certain players doesn't seem to to work as well as most teams think just by how things are going with Shohei. So they're going to be uh, heading to Baltimore, which we would hope is a uh, is a sweep there. And then uh, they're back home for the Padres for a two game set for Friday and Saturday games. So off on Sunday for the Angels. Yeah, they'll do those two games, have the Sunday off, as you mentioned, oddly. And then the Yankees are coming to town. And on the Tuesday night game versus the Yankees, I will be there to celebrate uh, something that technically happened on the 21st. I'm going to, and it took place on the versus the Yankees. My very first live in-person baseball game was at Angel Stadium. And this is the 50th anniversary of it. And the game we went to go see, they were playing the Yankees. So 10 days later, I saw that playing the Yankees again. And since they weren't at home before, I'm going to go see them play the Yankees again for the 50th anniversary celebration of my first ever Major League game. Very cool. All right. So we'll talk about that next week as well, um, or the week after. This week, I believe that the term POW could be taken other than player of the week. And who is your Angels player of the week? I probably went with somebody who was easy to pick, and that was Brandon Marsh. I... uh... You know, seven for 24, uh, double, those two triples, four RBIs. Um, it was batting 291, but, I mean, he's, it, it, he was, you just can't get over, you know, he he was doing well. Um, there was some games he didn't hit, but overall, a good, uh, good week for him. And I understand he has a new nickname. Oh, yes. 
during the game the other day, Mark Gubixa, who is the color, the former uh, former pitcher for the Royals and the Angels, uh, called him Captain Caveman. And if you haven't seen him, you need to to look up Brandon Marsh, Google him or whatever you do, and you'll see why. And if you don't know who Captain Caveman is, sadly, I, I feel sorry for you that you don't know Saturday morning cartoons with Captain Caveman. All right, we can leave it right there because honestly, as I went through and I looked at everybody, I considered Brandon Marsh. I even looked at Joe Adele because, hey, he hit that grand slam and he had a couple other days, but Joe Adele hit 111 on the week. Brandon Marsh had his moments, did uh, some good things, and I thought about that. But after they they had such a great series in Detroit, I looked at the whole week and I went, threw my hands up in the air, disgustedly. I didn't party like I just don't care. I was just disgusted. And I picked no one. No. Uh, you know what? It, otherwise, I pick as my prisoner of baseball wars, prisoner of war, uh, oh, the whole team. Because they just, there's just too many times that something good could have happened and it didn't. You could have picked the uh, first pitch at the Little League World, uh, World Series uh, Classic. is really cool. It's a line of little leaguers and one starts and throws the ball down the line until they get to the right. mound or, you know, and then they throw, you could have picked them. Well, they can be it. And, <laughs> uh, they are, uh, they are my, my play. All the little leaguers are my angels players of the week because none of the angels really wanted it. Brandon Marsh probably came the close though. Good pick there. <laughs> It's like this and like that and like this, y'all, and around the league. We got a bunch of nuggets to toss out there with you. Sorry, no fries. The fry machine is broken, so you're just going to have to deal with the nuggets. They can be whatever kind of nuggets. I just saw the other day that Popeye's has turkey nuggets. Wow. I never <laughs> seen that before. Me, me either. Kind of cool. So as usual, we start off uh, the ATL with the MLB Players of the Week from the NL. We have Tyler Knockan. Tyler Knockan. See, I would have never, his, I thought it was Naquin or something. I never. Right. So I saw it and I thought, that's how you pronounce it. And then I put his name in the search engine and Joey Votto, who is Canadian and also speaks French, said why are they pronouncing your name wrong all the time and he goes that's just how it is i'm used to it it's okay and he goes it's pronounced knockan and he said yeah because it's cajun and so tyler knockan makes me want to go listen to some zydeco but he is the nl player of the week it's his first time in his career this is a guy who was um, released from uh, the Cleveland. Cincinnati picked him up. Uh, he is an outfielder. He produced a 500 average. He was 13 for 26. He had four homers, a triple, three doubles, and a 1.706 OPS in seven games to garner the honors. Nice. Now, the AL 
player of the week is from the New York. The New York Yankees. And that is Luke Voigt. Luke Voigt has been very vocal about wanting to play. A lot of people thought, what are the Yankees going to do with Luke Voigt now that Anthony Rizzo is there? And he said, well, look at me. He hit 476. He was 10 for 21 with two homers, three doubles, 11 RBIs, and a 1.427 OPS in six games. So Now, is he suspected of planting the COVID <laughs> on Tony Rizzo? Maybe. And that's why he put I'm up just, such a fuss and was I'm like, hey, I need to, I want to play. And then, oh, too bad. And then he went out and hit, you know, two homers. And well, it is hard to to sit him down, especially when the the Yankees are on a nine game winning streak. And oddly enough, they're going to be playing this this week. They're playing the Braves. And both of the teams, uh, as of Sunday, are going into that game with nine-game winning streaks. So yeah. we'll see next week who maintained. And I think that's like the first time that's happened in like 120 years that two teams have met with the same amount and a big winning streak. Not just one or two games, but nine-game winning streaks. Nine games, yeah. Uh, one of the biggest things, I think, that happened around the league, we talked about this last week. We talked about poor Miggy. And being at home and the pressure of, you know, today's the day. It's going to be 500 and shouting his name. He had to go to Canada. Well, that's where you always have to go. (laughs) Well, like in that game where the Angels came back, Miggy was two for five with four RBIs, but no home runs. No home run. It just was not meant to be him to hit that in Detroit, which would have been really cool in front of the hometown fans, but he hit his 500th home run. He is the 28th member of the 500 home run club. The 14,685 fans at Rogers center gave him a standing ovation as he rounded the bases. And after celebrating with his teammates, um, he came out of the dugout, for a curtain call in Toronto, taking off his helmet and bowing to the crowd, which they loved. So, because Mickey, uh, Miguel Cabrera is one of those uh, ball players everybody just likes. He's he's fun, and you just never know what he's going to do. So, congratulations to Miguel Cabrera. So, to go back to the Yankees real quick, the Yankees and the Red Sox had a series. They've been fighting back and forth. The Yankees have now moved into second place in the uh, AL East because they swept the Red Sox. And they just the Yankees are on a are on a roll right now. Like we said, uh, nine game winning streaks uh, going up against the the Braves. So they have that. Now, one thing that came out of uh, one of the games of last week, Roughnet Odor, former Texas Ranger, now a beardless Yankee. He asked for timeout. And then the pitcher threw anyway. And so he stayed in the box and uh, hit a home run. Which unfortunately didn't count yeah 
I'm trying to figure out, did he forget that he had called time? Did I mean, the pitcher, I think when the time was called, was all, you know, he's going to throw, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, we see that happen all the time. But for someone to call time and still be in the box and then hit a home run and then not have it count, and then he struck out. So Yeah. <laughs> then uh, Lance Lynn who's, I think, a Cy Young candidate this season, has quietly pitched very well for the White Sox. Uh, thrown out of a ball game for throwing equipment, apparently. Yeah, the umpire. Uh, he was coming off the mound, and they will do a sticky substance check on the pitchers. He, I said he needed to go to the bathroom, and that's why he was running into the clubhouse. Um, I think you have some more information, but he had put his hat and his glove on the edge of the dugout. So the umpire could come and look at him, but he had forgotten his belt. So he's in, he's going into the clubhouse down the tunnel. And all you see is a belt fly out. Cause it's like, Oh, I got to give you the belt. And he promptly gets thrown out of the game. It wasn't like, you know, he wasn't being, contingents he didn't no. throw it throw it at him because he was mad so the story is i heard lance lynn on uh, on the radio the other day uh i think on power alley on uh sirius xm mlb channel and he was telling them he felt something and he wanted to go get a treatment for it because he wanted he wanted to keep pitching he said i was a little uncomfortable because i only have a half an inning and I was worried that the, the treatment would take a little bit longer than that. So I'm rushing. He said the umpire was really slow coming to him. So I left my hat and my glove, like you said. And he said, and I was going down. Somebody yelled, he needs your belt. So he took the belt off, threw it back up, and it kind of wrapped around the, the, um, the railing. And I don't know if it flipped off at the umpire or whatever, but the umpire took a sep exception to it and tossed him out of the game. So instead of going back to get his treatment, he come back to argue it. He's like, well, it doesn't matter now. I've been thrown out. I, I, there's no, I don't have any time. But it was just because he wanted to get that, that little bit of treatment to help uh, prevent whatever was starting to develop or whatever was going on instead of coming out of the game then completely. So he didn't mean any ill will or any ill attention, but it cost him. Sometimes it's interesting when uh, when a player who's had a long history with one team changes teams and ends up playing that team again. Uh, that would be the case for Colton Wong, who had a couple of interesting moments this week. Uh, he's now a brewer, but a longtime second baseman for the Cardinals. Uh, had a little, um, had an interesting gift from a former teammate after he stole a base. Yeah, he stole a base off of Yadier Molina. And he is super excited about it. And Yadi was like, all right, you got me. But then Colton Wong literally stole the base and took the second base with him, which then Yadier Molina signed for him. 
So he's got that base, but yeah, he stole a base and literally took the base. Speaking of more theft and Colton Wong, during a game with the Nationals, there's a uh, a pop-up into foul territory. Colton's on third base. He's watching them. And as he realized he could be catch, he goes back to the bag. Because you always do that. You you tag up anytime. But generally, when it's in the infield or real close, you don't go anywhere. Well, Colton, smart base runner that he, he at least was at that moment, realized nobody's at home plate. The catcher's over, the pitcher, the first baseman, they're all together close to the first base dugout. And he takes off for home and scores on a foul pop-up. So that was pretty that was pretty incredible. I don't recall ever seeing anybody score on a foul pop-up. Even yeah, if it's either. way out into the deep outfield. I there's probably a lot of people don't even realize that you can do that. Yeah. So things are getting hot and heavy with the wild card. We talked about that the uh, the Yankees have have taken over as the top wild card team. At first Oakland was number 2. But Oakland has lost a few, so Boston is the number two wildcard team right now. I'm not sure from what I keep seeing and hearing with Oakland that they're going to be able to hold on to the spot. They just can't seem to, you know, they play well, but they just can't get over the top. They can't ever, you know, they're the, they're, they're the little train that almost could. Yeah. You get right up towards the top of the hill. And they're like, I think I can. I think I, I, I well, what's happening here? We're falling back again, you know. So I, I don't know how they're going to do, but they are are still fighting. They still have a place to go as far as the uh, the wild card. They're not that far out of it. But they're, the, at this time of year, there's a lot of things you have to do. To you, You've got to win all of your games, but you got to hope. Somebody like kind of like the Dodgers and the Giants. The Dodgers have to win, but they got to hope the Giants start losing. And they just haven't been doing that. So Oakland's just a game back. Seattle's three games back. Seattle's playing Oakland this week. So we'll see how that comes out. Yeah, it's, uh, it's crazy. Uh, Toronto, four and a half games back, but they're, they're three and seven in their last 10, just like the uh, Oakland is. Uh, three and seven. So they just, they gotta, they gotta pick it up. Uh, if they're going to, if they're going to make it, uh, one great thing happened in the wild card race in the NL, the Dodgers are like nine and a half games up and they're only a couple of games back in, uh, in the West. So they're still fighting to win the West, but they've definitely got the wild card locked up right now. They would not be playing the Padres. The Padres are one game back of the wild card. Cincinnati, home of Joey Votto and Tyler. Knockin. 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 Anyway, Tyler Knockin. And, uh, you know, Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. Uh, and spaghetti are on a, with chili on it. They got spaghetti and chili on it, which is fueling them. And they are now one game up there in the wild card standing. So right now it'd be Dodgers and Reds. 
to get into uh, to the main playoffs. Speaking of the Reds, Joey Votto, who has been on fire, and we talked a little bit about him last week. Somebody came up with the reason. And sometimes, you know, how there's like, uh, you know, teams not playing well or a player's not doing well. And then there's a something happens and it's a turning point. And they come around. Well, it seems that Joey had that. And remember a few weeks ago, we talked about a little girl named Abigail who came to her first baseball game. Huge Joey Votto fan. And Joey got thrown out after his first at bat in the first inning in San Diego. Well, since then, things have changed. Before Abigail was disappointed in Joey, he was hitting 234, eight home runs, 29 RBIs, over 41 games. And chances are, that's why he was mad and got thrown out. Because he's having issues. Yeah. After meeting Abigail and that whole thing, he's played 52 games. He's got a 316 average, 19 home runs, and 50 RBIs. All it took was this little girl named Abigail to call you out in my first game with my favorite player. And he gets ejected in, like, what, the first inning? First inning, yeah, at the top half. He doesn't even take the field. He was out of the game. Out of the game. And that's all she wanted was to see Joey Votto. So That was it. It happened in San Diego, and we just talked about that uh, San Diego has dropped. Uh, Somebody uh, noted that after they played the Rockies, they wrote San Diego, and then it was like marked out, slam Diego, marked out, swept Diego. Yeah, that is a Rockies uh, Twitter feed from the the team. So, and which usually their Twitter game is not that good. Um, This time is great. Yeah, the dregs, the dregs could not be the Rockies. And see, here's the funny thing. If the Giants or the Dodgers came in and swept, or even let's say like uh, they played the American League West, so what if Houston came in or the A's, who were the top teams there? If they came in and swept them, the fans, especially if it was the Dodgers, the fans would be furious. Why? A team that's got a better record and is some a team that you take pleasure in beating because you know that they're that good. You just got swept by not the worst team in the West, but next to last. Yep. And you're not you're not more mad about that. Yeah, they they seem like it was just yeah, just off off oh, days. Well, just, Whatever, you know, things happen. <laughs> see, I those are things that shouldn't happen. Everybody's talking about Fernando Tatis Jr. being the uh, MLB. I mean, the NL. Uh, MVP top candidate, but to me, the top candidate would have done what he could to make sure you don't lose to a team that you should beat. Right. Yeah. I don't see um, him as a top candidate. Um, There are way better uh, candidates out there. Right Um, now, Joey Votto is a much better candidate. I was just going to say Joey Votto is at the top of my list there. So what do you do when you get swept by the Rockies? You fire your pitching coach. Oh, so now they shouldn't lose the rest of the season, right? Yeah, no, their pitching should be on point. All of the ERA should go down. 
Larry, yeah, Larry Rothschild. He um, he was in his second year with the Padres. Um, he had spent the previous eighteen years as a pitching coach for the for such teams as the Yankees and the Cubs. Um, but Jace Tingler, you know, the Padres manager, the the leader, said firing Rothschild was one hundred percent his decision, citing a desire to change the voice down the stretch. Okay, so now the bullpen coach will become the interim pitching coach. So I'm wondering how does that make it better because he's been in the bullpen with these guys. You know, how yeah, is the, he how is how well how what's their relief staff doing? Right. You can't help injuries. He's not going to prevent any injuries. He's not going to help um, you, Darvish, get his ERA down from seven. Yeah, it, he and the the thing that gets me with Jace Jace Tingler is he says Larry is not a scapegoat, and I say Larry is the scapegoat. And Clearly. and I think it's good for um, him because now he doesn't have to wear. The ugly brown and gold <laughs> uniforms. Right. He can wear what he wants. Yeah. And Jace Tingler can say all he wants about, you know. But if I were coaching with Jace Tingler and the pitching coach gets fired, and I, if I was, you know, a coach, you know, bench coach, whatever, I'd be watching my back. Yeah. Because cause if it keeps going downhill. Yeah, it's the it's bench coach's gonna, fault, right? It's not going to be Jace Tingler, even though he says this is my responsibility. It is okay. You're the manager, and you say I'm responsible for the staff. I'm responsible for our performance. I'm, you know, getting our players out there to the play to their ability. Here. But I, I didn't. It's not my fault. So Larry's got to go. Larry's got to go. Larry's got to go. It's going to be interesting to see will pitching get better under. Well, we'll get to see. We will. We will get to see uh, starting, yeah, this week with between, the Dodgers. Between the Dodgers and the, the Angels, it's five games. Five games that we get to see them, you know, close with our with our teams. So that'll be uh, that will be interesting. Yep. What can they do? Don't know. I want to mention Fergie Jenkins. He is Hall of Fame pitcher. He's going to get his own statue at Wrigley Field. I think this is really, really cool. The Cubs released uh, what the statue is going to look like on the 50th anniversary of Jenkins' 20th win during his Cy Young Award uh, winning season. It will be unveiled on opening day 2022. And he said he hopes he gets to be next to Ernie Banks because they were roommates and he, he would love to to be next to Ernie. Nice. I saw that, uh, went to Wrigley field a couple of years ago and, uh, and Ernie's statue and all right. Couple things before we get, uh, we, we, we get dizzy. One Max Freed versus the Orioles. So this makes it kind of dubious, I guess. Max Freed. And we, I had never heard the term. As much as I've watched baseball, never heard the term until like last week. 
You know those posts where it says, I was today, today years old when I found out, when I learned about this? That's yes. how it was last week. I was last week years old when I heard about the term Maddox. And Max Freed of the Braves had his first complete game shutout versus the Orioles. So that doesn't seem like that big of a feat. And he did it in 90 pitches. But they knew it was a possibility when he was still late, you know, middle, late of the game, and he was only at 63. So for the team that Maddox is most known for pitching with, the Braves, even though he was also a Cub and a Dodger, uh, Max Freed with the Maddox. And then this one, I'm listening to the radio the other day, and it was, um, it feels like it was Sunday night, and I was listening to like the roundup show and they're talking about all the games and they're playing audio from the calls on, uh, from different games. And I don't know who the radio announcer is for the Cardinals, but Paul Goldschmidt hit a home run and you would have thought that this guy was, uh, you know, reading some really light poetry or telling somebody a story to try to put him to sleep. Paul Goldschmidt with the swing. I uh, drove that. That's a home run as he passes first. Now second, eh, rounding third. Paul Goldschmidt with a with his, I think it was his 19th home run. Paul Goldschmidt, 19 home runs. Was he a former golf announcer? I don't think so. I think he was <laughs> just like, I mean, he's a, he just sounded like he was in a mellow. He's like, I, I think the way I said it to try to describe it, was still too upbeat. <laughs> you know, it's like the station out here called The Wave, and it's supposed to be um, smooth jazz or something like that. And then at parts of the day, they have somebody with a deep, you know, sleepy kind of voice. Yeah. On, on The Wave. And even that's too upbeat for The Wave. This guy was just like, second base. Paul Goldschmidt, get a home run. There, that was better. Home run for Paul Goldschmidt. I, I don't know what it was. It was just I, I saw I so I went to look to see if I could find out who it was. And I looked and I saw the video version and that guy's losing his mind on there. Oh my god, it's a that one's out of here. Paul Goldschmidt with his 19th home run. I think I could even hear him doing his loud thing over the guy going, 19th homer for Paul Goldschmidt. And even once again, I did it. You got to be really down in the in the dumps. You got to be Eeyore-ish. <laughs> oh, well. Number 19 for Paul Goldschmidt. Anyway, that was just, it was funny to me that uh, if you if you can find <laughs> the audio of that home run call, send it to us or send us a link so we can, it's hilarious. Uh, from from that standpoint, I guess there's only one thing we can do right now. Spin the wheel of IL. I'm sorry. Time to spin the wheel of IL. Oh, oh my. Wilson Contreras is on the 10-day IL with a knee issue. Uh, so the another Cub that you probably know their name 
Tim Anderson of the White Sox. He is listed day to day, but he's having some issues with his leg. So watch that one. See if he does go on to the IL. What is uh, that? Just, is that does he have like that irritable leg syndrome? What do they call it? The you know, I always saw commercials restless, for it. I, like he's restless, got the reckless leg syndrome where yeah. for whatever reason you you just can't get your legs are got I guess that wasn't that big of a of a problem because those commercials went away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm not sure. It just said leg. You had a leg issue. Uh, Jesse Winker is on the I.O. with uh, ribs, Ouch! sore ribs. Uh, Rymel Tapia of the Rockies, um, he has been on the I.O. with a toe issue. Not specific on what's going on with his toe, but he was seen running in the infield. So maybe for the Rockies, he will be back. Now, uh, Steve. That rib thing. What was uh what what did Jared Walsh have? What was that we call it? I can't remember what it was. Intercoastal. Now. Right, the intercoastal. This doesn't say it's intercoastal. No. So it's, it's not in and around. It's the rib itself. It's the rib itself. Yes. It's not Mick ribs. No. <laughs> no. It is not. Steven uh, Piscotti, the A's outfielder, he's had uh, he's back on the IL with a wrist injury. Unfortunately, it looks like he might have to have surgery. So not good for the A's. Uh, Chris Bassett, we didn't talk about this. Chris Bassett, um, also of the A's, they were playing the White Sox. Uh, Brian Goodwin one of our favorites on SRBB hit a ball and unfortunately it hit Bassett in the face and he has facial fractures um, and required surgery, but he is doing better. So that was a very scary moment um, for all involved. Yes. It's uh, yeah, it's good that he's able, he's cause uh, Kevin Pilar had a, maybe not as bad, but, you thought he'd be out for a while. It doesn't look like uh, didn't look like he got a concussion either. Bassett didn't, so right. So he may yeah. be back sooner than we think. But yeah, I was pretty. When you see those things, it's like when somebody goes down like that, you're just like, yikes! I hope he's okay. And when it's into their when it's to their head, Ow! you know how many different times have you said, well, if you hit somebody in just the right spot, boom, they're done. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 scary. So. We're glad that he is he is doing well. Now, when you look at the IL list, um, and before I mention when you look at the IL list, George Springer, back to binge watching on the IL, the 10-day IL. I mentioned that he was going to might be day-to-day. He is now on the 10-day IL. We thought it was an ankle, but it is his knee. So he is back to uh, binge watching. Maybe he didn't finish a season when he was on the IL before and needed to finish it up. That's, uh, that's gotta, that's gotta suck not only for him, but for the Blue Jays, because he was, he was playing, you know, so well back to back MLB, uh, player of the week. Yep. Yeah. I'm sure it's it's bad yeah for for him and uh you know i joke but i really do think he was he's a binge watcher so you joke 
I joke, I but kid. I think. <laughs> I, kid. <laughs> I kid, that's right. When you look at the IL and the list of players, sometimes it will say COVID-19 uh, IL. Other times it will be a blank. And usually you can say, yeah, that's probably COVID if, it, if there's nothing there. And that was the way it was with Joe Kelly. And now we know he was on the COVID-19 IL. Now we can add to that list Evan Longoria, who has been on the IL for San Francisco. Looked like he was going to be getting off the IL, but now is back on the IL or never really left the IL. He was just moved to the COVID-19 IL. Uh, the Rangers had Charlie Culbertson, Brock Holt, and Mike Fultowitz all on the list. Nelson Cruz joined them. And it looks like Kentamaeda possibly is on that list because he's on the IL, but there's nothing there. Looks huh. blank. So that is the will. Of IL. Well, if you haven't paid a lot of attention to baseball or just kind of check in on certain things, now's the time to really get involved and watch because for the contenders, especially the wild card races, every game matters. Doesn't matter who they're playing because just a loss on your side, as we've seen, San Diego losing, the dregs drop, the Reds have been winning, they move up. And it doesn't matter whether you're playing the Orioles or the D-backs or any of the, the bottom teams, the Marlins. If they beat you, it could be your doom. So it's exciting time. The dog days of the baseball season are have been a, a, upon us. And as we head into September, it's going to be uh, exciting down to the wire. And we still have a couple of... Um, couple of pennant races just for the division titles as well they're just not in the central and that'll do it for this week's sibling rivalry baseball podcast remember you can find us on our website siblingrivalrybb.com and on facebook and instagram at siblingrivalrybb we're also on twitter at siblingrivalrybb without the a email us show at siblingrivalrybb.com. We'd love to hear what you think, so subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to our podcast. Next week on SRBB, we pack our bags and head to Central PA for some Scrapple and Little League Baseball. And we top it all off with some shoe fly pie. Don't bother me, shoe fly pie, don't bother me.